0: All right. Hi, everybody. It's RCFB Talk 116. We have a special guest today. My name is Bob Echieri. I'm going to be joined by my regular co-hosts, JD and Sirius. Our guest today is going to be Jason Gannon, executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stiefel, which is headed into its second edition this Saturday as the Washington State Cougars square off against Mountain West champ Fresno State Bulldogs. It should be a fun in-person experience at SoFi Stadium and has a good announcer team with Joe Tessator, Greg McElroy, and Molly McGrath. We wanted, before we do begin, just to, of course, many of you have heard, take a second to just give our hopes, prayers, you know, all our positive thoughts towards Mike Leach, and we hope that he is, we hope that he's doing better, but we know it's a very tough situation over there. So we just wanted to give that note right now before we start with our interview as soon as our guest arrives here in a bit and I see my co-host series has also arrived so again it's fun to note that this year SoFi Stadium actually hosts one of the first polls with the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl and then is going to also have the final game of the season which the with the college football national championship game early next month and you know as most of us remember earlier this year it hosted the Super Bowl and it's gonna co-host the opening and closing ceremonies of the 2028 Olympics it's got a lot going on in fact I think next, yeah, this next year they're also hosting WrestleMania and Kona cacaf Gold Cup final and soccer. So a lot of stuff, is, interesting stuff is going to be happening over at the LA Bowl. And again, Jason's going to be joining us shortly. He's also managing director of SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. So I'm really excited. We're going to get a chance to talk to him not only about this specific game, but just what it goes into managing a major stadium and and development such as Hollywood Park. In this role, he's had the primary oversight over Hollywood Park and its operational components, which includes SoFi Stadium, the performing venue, the YouTube theater, retail office, hotel, all of that stuff in a 298-acre development that was developed in Inglewood by Kroenke and Companies. He is responsible for all business matters regarding the project, including business development, marketing, sales, communications, government affairs, finance and legal. So, again, it goes beyond just managing this bowl game. So we're looking forward to really talking to him about everything that went into it because he's been with the stadium since it was under construction and has been with that Kroenke organization for more than a dozen years on his own. JD, serious? are you up here?
1: Yes, we are up here. I am thoroughly excited for this conversation because, again, not only is it fun to talk all the logistics and the -the behind-the-scenes stuff of how does a major stadium like this operate and actually put off the logistics to put off a bowl like this, and especially when you have so many other events happening as well. But this is also going to be a really fun matchup as well. I mean, Fresno State and Washington State have two incredibly fun, dynamic quarterbacks, and it's going to be incredible to watch these two offenses go off and play against one another. I mean, Wazoo's quarterback, Cam Ward... Fresno State's quarterback, Jake Hayner. This is going to be a fun battle between Jeff Tedford, between Jake Dickert, who is also going to be calling plays on the defense for Washington State after losing his D.C. over to Arizona State. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games that, you know, you would hope that it'll easily hit the over and be a thoroughly entertaining early bowl game here in the first part of bowl season. Uh, now, of course, with the L.A. Bowl, I know, uh, you know, I also want to know a lot more about the media rights specifically for this bowl and how you're going to see all these different interactive elements. I mean, last year at the LA Bowl for Jimmy Kimmel, we had this Puking Camel segment. We had Guillermo eating strange foods. We had so many different wacky things happening between ABC and this bowl game. I'm sure that they're going to definitely try to top that this coming year. Going to be very, very excited to hear from Jason Gannon about some of the stuff that will be happening because of that partnership.
0: Absolutely. And you know, It's funny you mention it, too, because with those exciting quarterbacks, Hayner and Cam Ward, I mean, first of all, it's good to note that Wazoo was able to hang on to Eric Morris so far. I I was a little worried they might lose him to Texas State because Eric Morris, of course, was the outgoing. He was previously the coach at Incarnate Word, which is they were doing great last season, and they're doing great this season. They're in the semifinal of the FCS playoffs, but he left to join the staff at Wazoo. Cam Ward was his quarterback at Incarnate Word, and now they're in the Pac-12. He Cam put in incredible numbers last season in FCS. This season, he still put up solid numbers, not quite the same in the Pac-12, but still, they had those great wins with that upset over Wisconsin in Camp Randall earlier on in the season. I know that shocked a lot of people. Of course, Wisconsin ended up being a little shaky. And frankly, again, Fresno State's really exciting. They're coming in here on an eight-game winning streak. It culminated with them beating the only conference opponent they lost to, Boise State, in the Mountain West Championship game at Boise. So that that growth, that sort of rise with the Fresno State Bulldogs, it's going to be exciting. And I'm expecting we're going to see Quite a few of their fans at the stadium being so close. I mean, Southern California, I'm a Southern California boy. I grew up in the Central Valley in between Fresno and Baker. So, oh, it looks like our guest is here. So let's go ahead and send him an invite to speak. We'll get him up here. And serious. by the way, have you had a chance to get connected?
2: Yep, I'm here. Just excited to see uh, what's in store for the L.A. Bowl and also for uh, what SoFi Stadium has going on this entire bowl season.
0: Yeah, that's one of the nice things about this particular bowl game. It's it's in one of the nicest stadiums, you know, in America. I mean, it's it's a, almost a brand new stadium. It's hosting the national championship game, so it's and the ability to just get in because it's you know hosts two NFL teams, so those games can be quite pricey. And this is a great opportunity actually to to get a chance to see the the stadium and watch what will be a really good game between the Mountain West champions and Wazoo. Oh, there. It sounds like we got you. Jason, are you with us? Hey, guys.
3: Yeah. Good afternoon.
0: Yeah. Hi. Welcome. So, yeah, we've been we've been taking this time just to talk about how excited we are for this matchup. Because obviously, as we were saying, you've got two great quarterbacks with Jake Hayner and Cam Ward. You've got experienced coach with Jeff Tedford, a rising coach with Jake Dickard. What are your thoughts about this game?
3: You know, it's... Uh... Uh, most of my job I don't I don't get asked what I think about the game that's being played in the building I think this is one of the few exceptions uh, with the LA Bull each year that I really get personally get excited as a fan of college football and uh, you know the first thing I see I mean listen Fresno State coming off eight wins in a row um, a ton of momentum coming into this game exciting quarterback as you just said and then you got a Washington State team that's won three out of the last four I think both teams are playing really good football right now and um, and we're, we couldn't be more excited to host them coming up this Saturday.
1: It's going to be a really exciting environment in a really great stadium. But, you know, as a guy who makes sure that this event actually happens, what are some of the things that you are the most excited about presenting this upcoming week for this bowl game?
3: Well, I think, you know, for us, I mean, Los Angeles is such a great college football town. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fan bases represented throughout the, uh, the Los Angeles area. And college football is really important to us from a, from a story perspective and what it is that we set out to deliver from SoFi Stadium every year. And so for us, it's an opportunity to get people not only from the Central Valley, from Fresno State and their fan base and Washington State and their fan base into the building to experience. But really, it's an opportunity for us um, to open our doors to college football fans here in Los Angeles. And, you know, some fans that may not have, have been able to come and see. Uh, you know the, the building yet in action for a concert or or an NFL matchup, uh, but to be able to cut in uh, really at an affordable price point here into the building.
0: Yeah, we were commenting on that earlier. It sounds like the the prices start at thirty five dollars, which is an exceptional deal for what is one of the premier stadiums in America. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask about though, uh, how has that response been from Bulldogs fans? Because Fresno State is not that far away, and a lot of Fresno fans. One of our media team. Is, is a Fresno State guy. He teaches in Los Angeles and has covered games for us in the area. So, I mean, we know how big of a, a population of, of fans are in the region. Has there been that kind of response that you've seen from the Bulldog faithful?
3: Uh, two words, the, the red wave. Uh, red wave. Uh, it's been an incredible outpouring of, of interest and in, in sales from from the uh, Fresno State fan base. Uh, we're excited. I mean, listen, this is is... As we, we talk a little bit about, I mean, this is an opportunity um, for college football student athletes and fans to get into a building that, you know, just hosted the, uh, the Super Bowl that uh, will host a college football national championship game. It's a venue for the World Cup in 26, the Olympics in 28. Um, so this is, is certainly an opportunity for these fans and these student athletes to, to, to come see and play in a great building
0: obviously there's a lot of things that make a bowl game special for many different, you know, parties. Could you talk about what, for players, what sets this bowl apart?
3: You know, I listen, I think this gets into Los Angeles. I mean, Los Angeles um, as a destination, I think is, is unique in terms of, of um, you know, offering a variety of things for, for the student athletes to do the players to do in their downtime. And we'll have an opportunity throughout the week for, for both teams to go to a taping at Jimmy Kimmel Live, which is obviously an integral part of what we'll do with Jimmy in partnership at the bowl game on Saturday. But the players actually to be able to go into Hollywood and go see a taping uh, this week is is really unique and really an opportunity that exists in only a few cities, and certainly Los Angeles being one of them. And then incorporate Universal Studios, a great partnership with Universal Studios student-athletes being able to get out into the Universal Studios area, go see the the theme park and, and again, really experience uh, some of the things that are unique about Los Angeles. And I think for us, that's, you know, we're very fortunate um, to be in a place like Los Angeles and, you know uh, we can't control the weather, but we always feel like there's a lot of people that are interested to coming into Southern California uh, in December and January for these types of events.
2: Jason, you mentioned your named sponsor, Jimmy Kimmel, kind of a a unique situation where the LA bowl is named after an actual person instead of you know technically a company or anything like that that does bring up the question that i know all of us are dying to hear the answer to is jimmy camel going to be making an appearance this year
3: you know we're we're still working on a lot of in-game production items including some of the surprises around the mascot jimmy camel uh you know we've had some fun things i mean last year we had the the largest ever t-shirt cannon that we shot off at at halftime that went from uh from event level, which is about a hundred feet uh, below grade all the way up. Uh, and actually kind of went to the top row of the upper deck An incredible uh, event. Everybody was, it was just a, it was a, a, a pretty cool uh, item in, in game. And so we're excited to do some new stuff with, uh, with Jimmy and his team and perhaps to see the camel again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it like being able to work with, you know, obviously Jimmy is an entertainer, kind of comes at it from a different perspective, he and his team, compared to maybe the typical bowl sponsorship where it's focused on uh, maybe, you know, talking about the company or the brand. What, you know, little wrinkle does that add into it, do you think, of being able to actually work with someone who's in the entertainment industry and uh, knows what goes into putting on a great show for everyone?
3: Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I think for us, I mean, listen, we, I think first and foremost, will be, straight up with with those that are coming and, and to be a part of the game I and mean, we we are perhaps not in the traditional sense of a bull game we understand kind of our our strengths and our weaknesses in terms of, of of where we are and one of the things that we really wanted to do whenever we set out to do a bull game here on an annual basis was you know embrace the entertainment uh, portion of Los Angeles and, and what it is for these student athletes to come here and fans and you know and, and it's it's interesting how the talks evolved and Ultimately, we were able to work with Jimmy on on this event. But that's for us. It's really important. Listen, I mean, there are, are a lot of really great established bowl games in the industry. And um, for us, I think it was important for us to, to, to look at this and have a different approach and one that really, I think, embraced uh, some of the entertainment components that are unique to Los Angeles.
1: Speaking of other things that are unique in Los Angeles, it's one of the few markets that has multiple NFL teams, and they also play in SoFi Stadium. What does the turnaround look like when you go between putting on the L.A. Bowl and then going straight into NFL or other events that you have before and uh, after this type of bowl game? What's the uh, production, uh, I guess, specialties you have to take into account when you're trying to flip that event? Well,
3: I tell you, so I guess I'll start out, and this is going to be – it can kind of take start at a high level. This is going to be pretty basic, but it's all about however long it takes for the paint to dry. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the interim, uh, but for us, you know, we just got done hosting a really exciting Sunday night football game last night with the Chargers, uh, and then for us, you know, we have a few days to turn the field over to scrub the scrub the paint off the field and then reapply the LA Bull logo and the team marks, uh, and so that'll be on Saturday. And really, the quick turn for us is that Saturday game uh coming up this week then into uh the the chargers titans game on sunday which is a which is it was just the day after so for us it's it's really it's it's scrubbing the field and giving enough time to dry and then applying the paint to a dry surface and letting that paint dry and really you know that's something i mean listen i mean it's all you know the 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 guys and gals you know behind the scenes working you know throughout the night and they're really the the ones that uh, do the heavy lifting and we have a really incredible team here. And that's the thing that I think is, you know, for us in a venue like this in Los Angeles, like this, you know, it's a large venue, but we like to think that it operates perhaps more like uh, in terms of an arena, something that has a little bit higher volume than, than some of the other stadiums throughout the country.
2: Jason, speaking of uh, other stadiums throughout the country, SoFi stadium is one of the newest and most state of the art stadiums out there. What does that add to the fan experience for um, all these Washington State, Fresno State, or maybe even just, you know, neutral third-party fans who want to come in and and catch a a game there um, that's going to be different from maybe other bowl experiences or football game experiences that they might have been to?
3: Well, I think, you know, one of the things you start off, and I get asked a lot of questions about designing new new buildings. I think one of the things um, that was really a design influence in the building itself was you know, and I think it's I think it generally is a rule of thumb that can be applied anywhere is designing buildings that are really authentic to, to their surroundings. And and by that I mean, you know, the city that they're located in and, and making sure that you're designing buildings that are reflective of that landscape. And so you look at SoFi Stadium, I think there are a couple of things that, that from a design perspective that were really important to us. Um, I think the indoor outdoor nature of the building itself, so it's over three point one million square feet. It's the largest building in the NFL. And one of the the unique items about our building or aspects about our building is the although there's a roof canopy um, the sides of the building actually are open so it kind of it it allows the the coastal breezes to to come in and out of the building and really being in los angeles a lot of the experiences in los angeles are really of an indoor outdoor nature and so we were able to embrace that from a design perspective we thought was really important but uh, once you get inside uh, to be able to see the clear blue sky through the etfe roof was important being in california we want to we want to see the blue sky, and uh, but whenever you get in your seat, I think there are things about the building that are unique in terms of the amount of LED display throughout the building. We have 90,000 square feet of 4K LED display inside the seating bowl, of which it's about 70,000 square feet, uh, is our dual-sided video board. And that gets into in-game fan experience, how, how fans consume the game, um, you know, before, you know, during timeouts, in-game experience, the engagement is I think an ability really to add to the value proposition and the game experience. So the, the amount of LED display, how we how we program it, I think is really unique. And it's not, you know, it's something obviously the trends are moving in that direction in college football and other venues. But it's something kind of being the, one of the, the latest stadiums to come online. It's something that we have that I think will only continue to be the trend in these types of facilities going forward.
0: I find this particular line of thought really interesting because I, I have a strong thought and passion for architecture, and I know it was really interesting design by HKS. And you've been a part of the stadium during construction as well. And all of the anyone who's worked on any project those there's changes that happen during construction. There's some things that are surprises, both good and bad. What take us a little bit through? I mean, I'm not asking you the detailed process <laughs> of building the stadium, but you know, what were some of those things that surprised you during construction and, and perhaps hopefully good after the stadium was built? Things you didn't expect.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, maybe I'll, I'll answer that in reverse order. I'd say, you know, one of the things that we have appreciated the most and I think is really shown through not only in football games, but also during, during concerts. So we have a pretty vertical um, the the pitch of the seating bowl is fairly vertical and it creates um, it really it makes it very loud inside the building. I mean, again, the building itself is 100 feet below grade. So we have eight levels in the building. Our main concourse is level six. So we have 75% of the building itself actually is below grade. And that creates, uh, in, a, in conjunction with a very steep seating bowl, it creates a really loud environment uh, for, for our fans and, and our teams really appreciate that. But it also, you know, during concerts, has created a, a great acoustical experience and sound quality. Uh, for for the artist so that's been that's been a really a really um something that we as we get into operationally you really you can truly appreciate whenever you see the end result and people are in here from a kind of a macro level i mean listen i was fortunate enough to be a part of the project uh starting in the very beginning and you know working with hks and our general contractor turner hunt uh turner acom hunt and um incredible professionals i mean you look at um, HKS and their body of work uh, on the NFL side and you have Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis uh, and U.S. Bank Stadium you know both um, incredible facilities and kind of the, the benchmark for the smaller market uh, facilities in the NFL and you have at and Stadium which is just incredible in and of itself and um, to be able to pull on, on those venues with HKS and their professional experiences and take what really worked well uh, in those venues and then bring it here to Los Angeles uh, it was just, it was a, a great team and a great effort. And then I, I think, you know, whenever you do projects like this, I mean, we broke ground on the building in November of 2016. And, um, you know, we actually, you know, unfortunately went through, you know, two 100 year events. I mean, and in early 2017, Los Angeles had more rain here in the Southern California region than, you know, really the previous hundred years that we that incurred a substantial amount of Delay on the construction project whenever we were excavating dirt, which is, you know, the the probably the worst time to to experience a rain event, and then certainly opening the building uh, during COVID was a challenge in and of itself. But ultimately, uh, I don't think, uh, despite those challenges, to be a part of the Super Bowl with the Rams winning it and uh, this past year was just, you know, such a was such a great uh, experience and, and and a reward at the end of that journey.
0: You know, I just—you mentioned the Super Bowl. How big of a, how useful was that in terms of preparing? Not only for, because I mean, there's almost a chicken and egg here because obviously you had the first LA Bowl last season before yep. you hosted the Super Bowl, and now you have the second LA Bowl, and then the College Football National Championship, which where everyone's excited about in January. How helpful has it been to host? I mean, the bowl before the Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl before the national championship game yeah. and how much of those help you, with, especially from the logistical standpoint? Because again, I appreciate the logistics of this. A long time ago, I helped with a major event in the uh, Staples Arena back in 2000 yeah. when it first opened. And I yeah. remember logistics, everyone was working out like, will E3 help them figure out how to do the next major event? And then, yeah. well, this major event. So for you, what was that like?
3: You know, so it's, it's interesting. So I look at the LA Bowl um, this is an event for us. It's an annual event. It's a year-round event. It's really an opportunity for us as a venue to. It's kind of our front porch to engage with the community. and It's incredibly important for us. I mean, it's it perhaps may not have the same level um, of notoriety as the College Football National Championship or the Elliott Bowl, but from a staff perspective, it's really incredibly important for us because it's something that we own 100 percent of. Um, and so we'll you know we'll seek to do that on Saturday with from a hospitality per, uh, perspective and just providing an overall experience whenever you get into the super bowl and the college football national championship game, as you guys know, um, you know, you're coming in years in advance and you're working, you're collaborating. I mean, these are, um, you know, professionals in the industry that put these things on every year, just a different venue and location. And, you know, we've been really fortunate to be able to work with some of the very best in the industry that put on these types of events. And that's the, the really unique thing about the college football national championship game is, um, you know, there's there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty in terms of the, the fan base that's actually gonna be there with the Super Bowl. You know, last year, you know, I mean listen, there's there's a lot of inventory that's sold, you know, well in advance, um, notwithstanding who the teams are gonna be. And, you know, you get you get into a, a situation where college football national championship game, you have four teams over probably four or five weeks that you're trying to, you know, obviously plan for and and ultimately won't figure out which teams and which fan bases are going to be here um, until about 10 days before. So there's some unique things about the College Football National Championship game uh, that that really we appreciate and, and add another level of excitement to, uh, to the game itself.
1: This is certainly one of the uh, newer, bowl games that is now on the circuit the first ever la bowl was last year and you know negotiations for this game started in the late 2010s i would love to be walked through how you actually get a bowl game from concept to actuality i mean what was the process in order to get this game completely off the ground
3: yeah you know you go through uh i think there are a couple things one having the venue certainly helps out and having the city like los angeles certainly helps out i think you know, you go through like every other bowl, a process and a bid process to work with the various conferences to, to you know, to line up. I mean, listen, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a process like everything else. I mean, we certainly from a from a venue, we aspire to continue to go and grow and to have these types of games. Uh, and, and I think that's that's the important part is, is knowing that, you know, whenever we had a building and, and we, did, we made a decision really very early on that we wanted college football to be. Um, an authentic part of, of the story at, at SoFi Stadium. And really the only way you can, you can do that outside of maybe having a, a team that actually calls SoFi Stadium home, uh, the next best thing would be is, that, is to have an annual bowl game. And so that was really important for us whenever we, we put together our materials early on to, to be a part of the process. And, you know, like anything else, it's a, it's a process. And there are a lot of other venues and organizations that have been around and have done phenomenal job. And you know, we get in line, and whenever our number is called, we're we're going to go out and perform every, you know, every year, and that for us is really important. And certainly, there's a an exciting, changing dynamic in college football, and we just want to continue to to deliver. And and hopefully, as opportunities come up in the future, that will be thought of.
0: So obviously, you wear several hats. I mean, beyond just the executive director of the bowl, you're the managing director of Hollywood Park, and and of course that includes SoFi Stadium. What? How do you even describe the mission uh, that you do, or, or the, the role that you
3: play in all of this? Uh, you know, it's it is interesting. It kind of yet all the hats kind of sitting right there. I think, you know, for us, um, you know, we have we have really saw it. I mean, fortunate, obviously, to have two NFL football teams that act as an anchor for the overall three hundred acre development. I think there are. It's important as we continue to tell our story here in Los Angeles through the big events, but they're also really the 365 nature of what it is that we're building here at hollywood park hollywood park is the site of the former hollywood park racetrack it's 300 acres uh located in Inglewood, just a couple miles uh from the from the ocean from the pacific ocean great locations uh in terms of accessibility just to the south of the forum um so this is really an area that over the years has had a tremendous amount of, of interest and people have come here to watch the gretzky kings the, the magic lakers and to be able to add to that story through the stadium has been great. But also, you know, what we're developing around the site. I mean, we have the NFL and their West Coast headquarters is located here. So their studios are here. It's just a great experience for those that are coming on game day to to see the NFL uh, live remotes going on next door. We have YouTube Theater. It's a 6,000-seat venue that, you know, we'll have programmed and content over 100 nights a year. We're building residential and retail, 25 acres of park space. We're going to be breaking ground on a hotel here in the near future. Um, these are all things for us that you know really truly building this global sports entertainment destination. I mean, this is, you know these are these are the commitments that Stan Cronkey is has made to the community here, uh, both in terms of the Los Angeles region but also uh, the Inglewood and having that really important impact on the communities for us from a day to day. you know, there are a lot of verticals that we're all advancing, but it's also kind of this overarching you know goal to create this this destination uh really a true city within a city here here in los angeles
1: With that type of mixed development, I'm confident that there's a lot of different impacts that you have on the local economy, uh, especially with a mixed-use project like this. Uh, Do you have any kind of analysis that states, like, you know, it's added X amount into the economy, X amount into tax revenues, or anything like that to really kind of show the impact of this project?
3: Yeah, you know, we, uh, I'll tell you, we have uh, all sorts of numbers. It kind of, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but some of the things that we're really most proud of in terms of, of impact. And just keep in mind, whenever we, 2014, 15, whenever we sat down, I mean, we sat down with the community here in, here in England with the citizens and really wanted to understand um, what it is that the citizens wanted out of, of kind of the, the next version of Hollywood park. Keep in mind, you know, the racetrack had just been shut down and the, the previous owner was actually working on a, a mixed use development without a, really without a stadium, um, but it was going to be a mixed use development. So we sat down and, and we tried to understand what it was that the community uh, wanted out of the project. And there were certainly a couple things, you know, that were important residential and um, in park space. And so we have over 25 acres of park space here at Hollywood park. We have over 2,500 residential units that are planned here for Hollywood park over time. But there, that also came with, you know, really our commitment, uh, local hire commitment during construction, um, certain minority and disadvantaged business goals. I mean, we, I had over seven hundred and fifty million dollars worth of contracts on the project. Um, during the construction side, the local minority and disadvantaged businesses to have an impact in the community and also get into local wages. So, one hundred million dollars, uh, one hundred twenty million dollars worth of contracts to local Inglewood businesses during the, the during the, the construction. We had over seventeen thousand workers throughout the life of this project that that came here to Inglewood, worked here every day, shopped locally, ate locally. Um, and those are the types of impacts. And in addition to, you know, the tax revenue, whether it's, you know, construction taxes, sales taxes, uh, ticket taxes, you're generating upwards of 25 plus million dollars worth of, of tax revenue uh, here to the local Englewood, uh, the city, the general fund. That those are the things that we, we continue to focus on. And then going forward, uh, as we continue to build out and, uh, and also operating the stadium, having a local hire uh, approach, uh, local hire first approach is really important.
2: I know this is something that comes up whenever we hear about, uh, especially NFL teams or pro sports teams talking about new facilities, is how the funding happens. SoFi Stadium, entirely funded by the owner of the Rams, privately funded in, in that sense. But you talk a lot about how it, you planned the, uh, the stadium in Hollywood Park to interact with the community, community needs, what you wanted to be able to offer to them. How does that work? in terms of the planning process and as you're thinking ahead into the future of despite the fact that it's a a privately owned facility privately owned venue you still want to be able to interact the right way with the community and make sure that it benefits them
3: no question i think you know for us, i think it starts with communication i think that is such a, a critical part of 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 really what it is that we're doing i mean it's we can we can make sure that we're communicating what it is that we're doing and also to have an open dialogue to get constant and consistent feedback from the local community to make sure that not only they, they the community, understand and um, what it is that we're doing on a daily basis, but also that we're hearing from them and we're working and we're being responsive to their needs. And that I think that is, you know, these types of facilities. Um, You know, listen, I mean, ultimately, we are, you know, we're, we're, we are citizens here of Inglewood, we're citizens here of the Southern California region, we want to be good neighbors, and we want to be, you know, have meaningful, positive contributions to the community.
0: You've also got, as we said, the national championship game coming up next month, what goes into that planning? And when does that process really start coming to a head?
3: Yeah, you know, that is so so these events, those are more regional events. So then you get into, you know, we we work every day, not only with the city of Inglewood, but the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, the state of California. Whenever you get into these larger events, the, the constituencies and, and those that are, are play a role in, in delivering this, uh, you know, that grows. And so, you know, we we started working, gosh, probably 18 to 24 months ago with, you know, the, the city, the county, the state um, on on what the college football playoffs going to look like. And, and keep in mind. You know these experiences. You know they obviously, um, you know, you know, socially, digitally, um, they start well in advance of of the the game itself, and even the 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 bowl selection date. So you know, think about getting out at the beginning of the season and telling a story about you know the road to SoFi, and those are all important components of what it is that that you know we've been engaged on. But also, uh, as you can imagine, uh, the, the the local tourism groups want to be a part of that story as well, and whenever you get closer to game week, then you get into, you know, what's it look, what's the fan experience, what's the journey look like for a fan coming from, you know, from, from the TCU a Michigan, Ohio state, a Georgia, What whenever they land, you know, at LAX, what, what is the, you know, what's the first impression that they have. And so those are the types of things that you work with, with the airport authority, the city the County to make sure that it is a great hospitality experience. And it takes, it takes many, many mem- members of the
1: team working uh, working on those efforts. Jason, I know we've only got you for a couple more minutes, but I want to make sure that a couple of questions that have been coming in from some fans also get answered as well. Uh, one of the questions that came in was from Real Fresno State Fan, uh, and he would like to know if there is anything going on with the official Fresno State tailgate inside the stadium, if any details are uh, official or where you can find additional information about that.
3: You'll be able to, so that's a great question. You'll be able to find more information at LABowlgame.com. We will have official tailgates and FanFest uh, for the teams. As you can imagine, those are still being finalized in conjunction with each of the respective schools uh, to make sure that we're really uh, creating the experience that, that they desire most. So I'd encourage you to go to LABowlgame.com a little later in the week for the final details
1: outstanding and i know that you know with this upcoming game there's going to be a lot of other fan festivities fan updates if somebody wants to follow through and make sure that they know where they're going where could they find that on social media online uh newsletter signups anywhere else like that to find that best information
3: yep so you can again go to la for the very latest information on the bowl game uh and then you can follow our our twitter handle as well at la
0: Absolutely. And, you know, one last question, just quickly, how you guys actually started at all the prep for 2028? Because I know the Olympiads are huge. When I did the major event again back in 2000, that was a big thing. I remember half the logistics people that were more because I lived in L.A. at the time, but half the people sure. were like, all right, going to Sydney, you know, because <laughs> we got to plan for the next X number of months. And I know it's a long term planning thing. But how much conversation has started to happen in terms of getting ready for what will be I'm excited for it because it's the third Olympiad in LA, and it's going to be an exciting thing to, to see it return.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the, the, those discussions are substantial, and they they have been ongoing for you know a number of years now. Where actually the volume of those discussions are really are really kicking up. I mean, you and I and I'll just share this with you. I just got back from Qatar from the World Cup, We were fortunate enough to be a part of the 26 opportunity, um, and it was really informative in terms of like, listen all these events. They're big events. They continue to, to transform in terms of the delivery and the fan experience and the expecti- expectations. And, you know, we have Paris coming up in 24 that will be a, in terms of kind of a spectator program and a, a future host venue program that will really helpfully inform the 2028 experience for the Olympics and the Paralympic Games here in Los Angeles. But, I mean, the, the great thing about the, the Olympic uh, uh, Paralympic Games in 28 is, you know, utilizing all existing facilities here within Los Angeles, which is is something I think that we could all agree on is is a, is a great efficient use of resources. And um, but I think that means that they'll have more uh, more opportunity and resources to invest in in a in a in a great experience. And you look at something like SoFi Stadium. I mean, we're certainly very happy to be a part of of whatever it is that they have planned. And I I, I wish I could share it, uh, other than to just be a little bit of a a teaser in terms of uh, we think we have some incredible ideas here for SoFi Stadium that I think a lot of people are going to be really impressed.
0: We can't wait to find out more when that happens. Well, Jason, thanks so much for joining us. This has been really interesting just to hear your perspective on all of this. And for those people, what's the takeaway you'd like listeners to have about going to the game and seeing and experiencing the LA Bowl?
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'd say get here early. I think that's the one thing. Um, it's such a, a great day of, of football going on. But with the 1230 kickoff, get here early um, and, and, and experience Hollywood Park. Uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the day. I, this, this venue is is a, is a great venue. Feel free to walk around, experience it, different angles, different sight lines. Uh, and then uh, we promise we'll put on a great game for you.
0: Excellent. Yeah, you're lucky you have the pretty one of the prettiest stadiums in the world, <laughs> you know, from all aspects inside and out. So we can't wait to see that game on Saturday and, and hopefully lots of folks get a chance to see it. Both Wazoo and Bulldogs fans, but also, you know, neutral fans in L.A. for a great opportunity for what should be a great game.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me. And then I'd also uh, just like to follow up with one final thought, certainly the college football playoff. Uh, if listeners are interested, so if dot com slash college football playoff, find all that information, regardless of what the final matchup is, it'll be a great time here in Los Angeles.
0: And we won't put you on the spot for who you think will be in the game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Fresno state Washington state game. So I've, uh, uh, and then we'll get to the CFP.
0: Exactly. We lo- there's never enough bowl games. There's never enough college football. So we're really excited to get this going on Saturday.
3: Well, I appreciate well, it guys.
0: Yeah, thanks. Well, and thanks to all of you for listening in. This was RCFB Talk 116. Our guest was Jason Gannon, executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, sponsored by Stiefel. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. My name is Bob Ekairi. I was joined by my co-host, JD Moore and Sirius. Now I'm going to hang up and listen.